0: episode of Podcast Thoughts is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episodes starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use the code Pop for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hardest you tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcasts. Simply shuffle off, ask a question, and let the content roll! Get used today at poddex.com and use the code TALKPOP for 10% off your order! This episode of the franchise Talks is powered by ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN is a service that gives you a unique IP address powered by a VPN, or a virtual private network, which will protect your data and browsing data from hackers, the internet service provider, and the government. It's like having a second lock on the front door. ExpressVPN provides a masking encryption tool known as a tunnel, which replaces your current IP address to random unique IP addresses connected to 97 countries' very own different unique servers. It would take hackers hundreds of years to get your information. It is powered by a 256-bit encryption tool used by the government. ExpressVPN does not keep any records of your browsing history, so serve with a peace of mind. ExpressVPN lets you access GeoLog content by you switching switch your location to a different country's server with just a couple of clicks. For example, Studio Ghibli films are available on Netflix internationally. So all we have to do is open Netflix on the browser, click on ExpressVPN, switch the location to Canada, refresh and type in Studio Ghibli and get access to the entire library. It's that simple! You can use ExpressVPN to shop region-specific sites to avoid price discrimination. ExpressVPN can be used on smartphones, tablets, smart TVs, game consoles, PCs, and more. ExpressVPN offers 24-7 customer support. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. No hassle, no risk. Plans start at twelve ninety-five a month, $59.95 for six months, or the more popular, 99.95 for a year with savings up 35% off a month. They offer the best in class security and encryption. They have no activity logs or connection logs. They're rated 4.7 out of 5 on Trustpilot and the Apple Store. Right now, listeners of the franchise Talks get 3 months added for free by signing up using our link expressvpn.com slash talkpop once again expressvpn.com slash talkpop now let's get on with the show Welcome to another edition of the Funchise Talks, a pop culture podcast. I'm Pam Sucky, your virtual MC, and now here is your lovely host, the one and only, the The Funchise!
1: what up how's it going everybody hope you're having a great day i know here in the midwest it's kind of whoo kind of dark and gray hail rain weird weather we just started april a lot of stuff went on i went to a convention convention over the weekend went to c2e2 on a sunday never been there on a sunday it was fun uh me and my bro bico as the Meyer brothers it was fun it was it was actually a lot better just this year versus the last year, it was more spread out. There was more vendors. Not that many um autograph opportunities this year. It was kind of slim, but I think they were trying to do a rotation. There wasn't that many like anime voice acting. Not that many video game actors. I mean, they had some. The cast from Avatar, Last Airbender, with the exception of May Whitman, she couldn't make it because of the weird weather we had last week when we had that weird tornado-like storms in the Friday, so it kind of impeded her to travel. Um, but there were some good shots. I think I some good finds. Um, they pick up a couple of things. Um, I did. Well, I did like that. Me and Beakle kept getting approached because we dressed as the Marbers, and we got approached by a lot of like parents with their kids that wanted us to take pictures with them. It was great. It was wonderful. Very nice cosplays. It was a good mix this year. Um, a lot of like anime esque. Um, some Avatar: Last Airbender cosplays. Some Spider Man Multiverse cosplays. Um, they're really good. Um, it was more like a family day so it was more like um, parents with their kids versus if you go on a Friday or Saturday which is more tend towards like young adults but overall it was a great event I can't wait for next year um, me and my bro Biko got to sit in on Jeff Smith if you're not familiar with Jeff Smith he created the comic book um, Bone so to talk about how he got into it and his other works that he has so I do recommend Bone I do recommend trying to get the all in one collector's edition, collected edition which I do have on my person um, there's Bone Coda. Um, There's Bone Tall Tales. Um, there's Tiku who saves the world. There's Rasso. He did some work at Shazam as well. Definitely support Jeff Smith. He did say he's working on a lot of other stuff coming soon. But definitely support your independent authors as well. Um, And also, too, Super Mario Bros. movie comes out tomorrow as of this recording. So I'm looking forward to seeing that this coming weekend during Easter weekend. Still have to see John Wick 4. I heard it's really good. I just saw the Super Mario Bros. movie review by IGN to give it an 8. So, hopefully I'll see you this coming weekend and probably give you guys an overview on my own of the Marvel Brothers movie and a little backstory on how we got to that point with the Mar Brothers movie because it's been so many years. Actually, it's about, I would say about, who about 30 years since the last Super Mario Brothers movie, which I will I know I did commentary would be back then, but I will give you guys a little bit of history of it. So, we might do a little backstory about the original movie and how it took Nintendo almost 30 years to actually let their IP and make... IPB license, and actually we now have a Mario movie, which based on IGN Game 8, and based on the trailers, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So if you haven't any chance, you know, tomorrow, take advantage of Easter weekend, take your kids if they're still on spring break, if not, take advantage of this coming weekend check out some Mario Bros. the movie by Illumination Studios and Nintendo. So now today, I did want to uh, continue our read-through of The Illionate Odyssey. as a dedication to what I call dedication to reading for mental health. Usually, one of the best things when you're dealing with mental health issues is reading. And what I like to do, I like to read manga, books. You know, and what's good about reading out loud because you get to the character within the books. You try to relate to the characters, especially with books that you know you grew up in high school with. They're not talked about a lot now. So I've been. I started last week with the Iliad with book one um, hopefully you would be able to listen to book one if you haven't, go back and check uh, that in the last episode, but today's episode we're going to get through book two of the Iliad um, this is Raymond, of course, by Homer, the Greek poet and it's also, it's published by uh, Fingerprint Publishing, and it's actually translated by Samuel Butler, so but I did know about this one versus, you know when it comes to like Greek mythology they only use the popular names that we know of they use the actual names they actually name for the gods according to the Greek poet Greek poet Homer. So if you hear from me, like these unfamiliar names, you'll understand who they really are. So let's get to it. So we'll take it away and get started with Book Two of the Iliad. Book two. Job sends a lying dream to Agamemnon, who Theron calls the chiefs in assembly and proposes to sound the mind of his army. In the end they march to fight Calug of the Achaean and Trojan forces. Now the other gods and the armed warriors on the plain slept loudly, soundly. But Jove was wakeful, for he was thinking how to do honor to Achilles and destroy much people at the ships of the Achaeans. In the end, he deemed it would be best to send a lion dream to King Agamemnon. So he called one to him and said to it, Lion dream, go to the ships of the Achaeans, into the tent of Agamemnon, and say to him, word for word, as I now bid you. Tell him to get the Akkadians instantly under arms, for he shall take Troy. There are no longer divided consuls among the gods. Juno has brought them to her own mind, and woe betides the Trojans. The dream went when it had heard its message. It soon reached Agamem- the ships of the Akkadians, saw Agamemnon, son of Atreus, and found him in his tent, wrapped in a profound slumber. It hovered over his head in the likeness of Nestor, son of who Agamemnon honored above all counselors, and said, You are sleeping, son of Atreus, one who has the welfare of his host, and so much other care upon his shoulders should dock his sleep. Hear me at once, for I have come as a messenger from Jove, who, though he, had not, he be not near, yet takes thought for you and pities you. He bids you get the Achaeans instantly under arms, for you shall take Troy. There are no longer divided councils among the gods. Juno has brought them over to her own mind, and woe beties the Trojans at the hands of Jove. Remember this, and when you wake, see that it does not escape you. The dream then left him, and he thought of things that were surely not to be accomplished. He thought that on the same, that same day that he was to take the city of Priam. But he little knew what was in the mind of Jove. Who had many another hard-fought fight in store alike for danians and trojans then presently he woke with a divine message still ringing in his ears so he sat upright and put on his soft shirt so fair and new and over this his heavy cloak he bound his sandals onto his comely feet and sung, slung his silver studded sword above his shoulders then he took the imperishable staff of his father and sally forth to the ships of the acanians the goddess Dawn now wended her way unto the vast Olympus. There she might herald day to Jove and to the other immortals, and Agamemnon set the criers round to call the people in assembly, so they could summon them, call them, and then the people gathered thereon. But first he summoned a meeting of the elders at the ship of Nestor, king of Pylos, and when they were assembled he laid a cunning castle before them. My friends, said he, I have had a dream from heaven in the dead of night. Its face and figure resemble none but Nestor's. It hovered over my head and said, You are sleeping, son of Atreus. one who has the welfare of his host, so much other care upon his shoulders, should dock his sleep. Hear me at once, for I am a messenger from Jove, who, thought he be not near, yet takes thought for you and pities you. He bids you get the Canians, Canians, instantly under arms, for you shall take Troy, they are no longer divided consuls among the gods. Juno has brought them over to her own mind, and woe betides the Trojans at the hands of Jove. Remember this. The dream then vanished, and I woke. Let us now, therefore, arm the sons of the Achaeans. It will be well that I should first sound them. And to this end, I will tell them to fly with their ships. But do you others go about among the hosts, Herentha, doing so? He then sat down, Nestor, the prince of Pylos, who all his sincerity and goodwill addressed them. thus. My friends, said he, princes and counselors of the Argives, if any other man of the Canyons had told us of this dream, we should have declared it false, and would have had nothing to do with it, but he who has seen it and is foremost man among us. We must, therefore, set about getting the people under arms." With this he led the way from the assembly, and the other scepter kings rose with him in obedience to the word of Agamemnon. But the people pressed forward to hear, they swarmed like bees that sally from some hollow cave, and flit in countless throng among the spring flowers, bunch of knots and clusters. Even so did the mighty multitude pour from ships and tents to the assembly, and raged themselves upon the wide water shore. While among them ran the wildfire rumor, messenger of Job, urging them to ever to the forest. Thus they, thus they gathered in the pen mill of mad confusion, and the earth groaned under the tramp of men as the people sought their places. Nine heralds went crying about as among them to stay their tumult and bid them listen to the kings, till at last they were got into their several places and ceased their clamor. Then King Agamemnon rose, holding his scepter. This was the work of Vulcan, who gave it to Jove, the son of Saturn. Jove gave it to Mercury, the slayer of Argus, guide and guardian. King Mercury gave it to Pelops, the mighty charioteer, and Pelops to Atreus, shepherd of his people. Atreus, when he died, left it to Thyestes, rich in flocks, and Thyestes, in his turn, led it, left it to the born by Agamemnon, Then he might be lord of all Argos and of the isles. Leaning then on his scepter, he addressed Argus. My friends, he said. Heroes, servant of Mars, the hand of heaven have been laid heavily upon me. Cruel Jove gave me his solemn promise that I shall sack the city of Priam before returning. But he has played me false and is now bidding me go ingloriously back to Argos with the loss of much people. Such is the will of Jove who hath laid many a proud city in the dust, as he will yet lay others for his powers above all. It will be a sorry tale hereafter that the Akkadian host, at once, he's so great and valiant, battle in vain against men fewer and numbered in number than themselves. But as yet the end is not in sight, that the Akkadians and Trojans have sworn to a solemn covenant, and they have each been numbered. The Trojans, led by the role of their householders, and we, a companies of ten, think further that each of our companies desire to have a Trojan householder to pour out, their wine. We are so greatly more in number that full many a company will have to go without its bearer. But they have in their town allies from other places. Is it these that hinder me from being able to sack the rich city of Ilius. Nine of Joe's years are gone. The timbers of our ships have rotted. Their tackling is sound no longer. Our wives and little ones at home look anxiously for our coming. But the work that we came hither to do has not been done. Now, therefore, let us all do as I say. Let us sail back to our own land, for we shall now shall not take Troy. With these words he moved the hearts of the multitude. So many of them knew not the cutting sound of Agamemnon. They surged to and fro like the waves in a carrion sea. When the east and south winds break from the heaven's clouds to lash them, or when the west wind sweeps over a field of corn. And the ears bowed beneath the blast Even so they were swayed as they flew With loud cries toward the ships And the dust from under their feet Rose heavenward They cheered each other on to draw the ships Into the sea They cleared the channels in front of them They began taking away the stays from underneath them And the welcome rang with their glad cries So eager were they to return Then surely the Argives Would have returned after a fashion That was not faded But Juno said to Minerva Alas, the daughter of Aegeus, bidding Jove, unwearable shall the Argives fly home to their own land over the broad sea, and leave Priam and the Trojans the glory of still keeping Helen, for whose sake so many of the Achaeans had died at Troy. Far from their homes, go about at once among the hosts and speak fairly to them, man by man, that they draw not their ships into the sea. Minerva was not slack to do her bidding. Down she darted from the topmost summits of Olympus, and in the moment she was at the ships of the Acanians. There she found Ulysses, peer of Jove and Consul. Standing above he had not as yet laid a hand upon his ship. For he was grieved and sorry, so she went close up to him and said
0: Ulysses, noble son of Laertes, are you going to fling yourselves into your ships? and be off home to your own land in this way? Will you leave Priam and the Trojans, the glory of still keeping Helen? For whose sake so many of the Achaeans had died at Troy, far from their homes? Go about at once among the hosts, and speak fairly to them, man by man, that they draw not their ships into the sea?
1: Ulysses knew the voice of that of the goddess. He flung his cloak from him, and set to run. His servant Eurybates, a man of Ithaca, who waited on him, took charge of the cloak, whereon Ulysses went straight up to Agamemnon, and received from him his ancestral and staff. With this he went am- am- among the ships and canyons Whenever he met a king or cheated them, he stood at him and spoke and fairly. Sir, said he, this flight is so cowardly and unworthy. Stand to your posts and bid your people to also keep their places. You do not yet know the full mind of Agamemnon. He was sounding us and the ere long will visit the Ainians with his displeasure. We were not all of us at the council to hear what he then said. See to it lest he be angry and do us a mischief, for the pride of kings is great, and the hand of Jove is with them. But when he came across any common man who was making a noise, he struck him with his staff and rebuked him saying Sirah. Hold your peace and listen to better men than yourself. You are a coward and no soldier. You are nobody either in fight or counsel. We cannot all be kings. It is not well that there should be many masters. One man must be supreme. One king to whom the son of scheming Saturn has given the scepter of sovereignty over you all. Thus masterly did he go about among the hosts, and the people hurried back to the council from their tents and ships with a sound as the thunder of surf when it comes crashing down upon the shore, and all the seas and the uproar. Take a little drink water break, sir, sorry. <sighs> now continuing. The rest now took their seats and kept to her own several places, but their seats. so went on wagging his unbridled tongue man of many words, and those unseemly a mongers sedition, a rally all, against all who were in authority, who cared not what he said, that he might set the kings and laugh. He was the ugliest man of all those that came before Troy, bandly legged, lame of one foot, with two shoulders rounded, and a hunch over his chest. his head ran up to a point, but there was a little hair on the top of it. Achilles Ulysses hated him the worst of all, for it was with them that he was most wont to wrangle now, hover. With a creaky squeaky voice, he began heaping his abuse on Agamemnon. Their kings were angry and disgusted, yet the less he kept on bawling, and the son of Atreus. Agamemnon, he cried, what ails you now, and what more do you want? Your tents are filled with bronze and with fair women for wherever we take a town. We give you the pick of them. Would you have yet more gold? which some Trojan is to give you as a ransom for his son, for what I or another Canian has taken him prisoner, or just some young girl to hide and lie with, is not well that you, the ruler of the Canians, should bring them into such a misery. weakly cowards, women rather than men, let us sail home and leave this fellow here at Troy to in his own means of honor and discover whether we were of any service to him or no. Achilles is a much better man than he is. You see how he has treated him, robbing him of his prize and keeping it himself. Achilles takes it meekly and shows no fight. If he did, son of Atreus, he would never again insult him. Thus rallied Theracetes, but Ulysses at once went up to him and rebuked him sternly. Uh, check your glib tongue, said B, and babbled not a word further. Chide not with the princes when you have none to back you. There is no vile creature come before Troy with the sons of Atreus. Drop this chatter about kings and neither revile them nor keep harping about going home. We do not yet know how things are going to be, whether, whether the canyons are to return with good success or evil. How dare you guide an Agamemnon because the Danes had awarded him so many prizes. I tell you, therefore, it should surely be... "'that if I again catch you talking such nonsense, "'I will either forfeit my own head "'and be no more called Father of Telemachus. "'I will take you, strip your stark naked, "'and whip you out of the assembly "'till you go blubbering back to the ships.' "'On this he beat him with a staff "'about the back and shoulders "'till he dropped and fell weeping. "'The golden scepter raised a bloody well on his back. "'He sat down frightened in pain, "'looking foolishly as he wiped the tears from his eyes. The he will starve him, yet they laughed heartily, one good turn to his neighbor, saying, to his neighbor, saying, Ulysses has done many a good thing ere now in fighting council, but he never did the Argives a better turn than when he stopped this fellow's mouth from prattling further. He will give the king no more of his insolence." Thus said the people. Then Ulysses rose, scepter in hand, and Minerva, and the lifelessness of a hero, like of a hero, bade the people be still, that those who far off might hear him consider his counsel. He therefore also will address them thus. King Agamemnon, the king is for making you by word among all mankind. They forget the promise they made you when they set off for of Margos That you should not return till you have sacked the town of Troy. And like children or widowed women, they murmur and will set off homeward. True of that they have toil enough to be disheartened. A man chafes at having to stay away from his wife even for a single month. When he was on shipboard at the mercy of wind and sea, it is now nine long years that we have been kept here. I cannot therefore blame the Akkadians that they would turn rested. Still, we'd still be shame if we go home empty after so long a stay. Therefore, my friends, be patient, yet a little longer to may learn whether the prophesying of Calchas were false or true. All we have not seen since perish. Must remember as though we were yesterday or the day before how the ships and the canyons were detained in Elias. We were on our way hither to make war on Priam and the Trojans. We were arranged around by the fountain, offering hecatombs to the gods upon their holy altars, and there were a fine plain tree from beneath, which there welled a stream of pure water. Then we saw a prodigy. For Jove sent a fearful serpent out of the ground, blood-red stains upon its back, and it darted from under the altar onto the plain tree. Now there was a brood of young sparrows, quite small upon the topmost bough, peeping out from under the leaves, in and all, their mother that hatched them made nigh. The serpent ate that poor cheaping things, while the old bird flew about lamenting her little ones. But the serpent threw his coils about her, caught her by the wing as she was screaming. Then we had eaten both the sparrow and her young, the god who had sent him made him become a sign. For the sunless giving Saturn turned into stone, and we stood there wondering at which had come to pass, seeing then that such a fearful portent had broken in upon our Hecatombs. Calchas forthwith declared to us the oracles of heaven. Why, Achaeans, said he, are you thus speechless? Jove has sent us a sign, long in coming, and long ere to be filled, though it fame shall last forever. As the serpent ate the eight fledglings And the sparrow that hatched them Which makes nine So shall we fight nine years at Troy When the tenth shall take the town This is what he said Now it is all coming true Stay here therefore all of you Till we take the city of Priam On this the Argives raise a shout Till the ships ring again And with the uproar, Nestor, Nida, Green And them Shame on you stay talking here like children and we should fight like men. Where are our covenants now? Where are the oaths that we have taken? Shall our counsels be flung into the fire with our drink offerings in the right hands of fellowship wherein we put on our trust? We waste our time in words and for all our talking here should no further forward. Stand therefore, son of Atreus, by your own steadfast purpose lead our games on to battle. Leave this handful of men to rot who scheme and scheme in vain to get back to Argos ere you have learned whether Job be true or liar. For the mighty son of Saturn surely promised that we should succeed, that we will, when we argue, set sail to bring death and destruction upon the Trojans. He showed us favorable signs by flashing his lightning on our right hands. Therefore, let none make haste to go till he has first lane with the wife of some Trojan. In avenge the toy one's sorrow though he has suffered for the sake of Helen. nevertheless, if any man is in such haste to be at home again, let him lay his hand to his ship, that may he meet his doom in the sight of all. But, O king, consider and give ear to my counsel, for the word that I say may not be neglected lightly. Divide your men, Agamemnon, into their several tribes and clans. That clans and tribes may stand by and help one another. If you do this, if the Canaanians obey you, they will find out who both chiefs and peoples are brave. Who are cowards, or they will vie against the other. Thus, you shall also learn what is it whether it is through the counsel of heaven or the cowardice of man they shall fail to take the town. And Agamemnon answered, Nestor, you again outdone the sons of the Canyans in counsel. Would by Father Jove, Minerva, and Apollo that I have among them ten more such counselors for the city of King Priam, but then soon fall beneath our hands. We shall sack it. But the son of Santa afflicts me with bootless wranglings and strife. Achilles and I are quarreling about this girl, in which the manner I was the first to offend. If we can be of one mind again, the Trojans would not stave off destruction for her day. Now, therefore, get your morning meal, that our hosts join in fight. Wet well your spears, seek well to the ordering of your shields. Give good feed to your horses, look your chariots carefully over, that we may do battle the livelong day, for we shall have no rest. Not for a moment till night falls to part us. The bands that bear your shields shall be wet with the sweat upon your shoulders. Your hands shall be weary upon your spears, and your horses shall steam in front of your chariots. If I see any man shirking the fight, or trying to keep out of it at the ships, there shall be no help for him, but he shall be a prey to the dogs and vultures. Thus he spoke and the Kenyan's roar applause. When the waves run high before the blast of the south, Wind and break on some lofty headland, dashing against it and buffeting, buffeting without ceasing as the storms from every quarter dried them. Even so did the canyons rise and hurry in all directions to their ships. There they lighted their fires at their tents and got dinner, offering sacrifice every man to one or other the other and praying each one of them that he might live to come out of the fight. Water break. Agamemnon, king of men, sacrificed a fat five-year-old bull to the mighty son of Saturn and invited the princes and elders of the, his host. First he asked Nestor, king Idomeneus, then the two Ajaxes and the son of Tydeus, and sixthly Ulysses, peer of gods and consul. But Menelaus came of his own accord, for he knew how busy his bird then was. They stood around the bull with the barley meal in their hands. And Agamemnon prayed, saying, Jove, most glorious supreme, that dwellest in the heaven, and riddest upon the storm cloud. Grant that the sun may not go down, nor the light night fall, to the palace of Priam is laid low and its gates are consumed with fire. Grant that my sword may pierce the shirt of Hector about his heart, and that fully full many of his comrades may bite the dust as they fall, dying around them. Thus he prayed, but the son of Saturn would not fulfill his prayer. He accepted the sacrifice, yet nonetheless increased their toil continually. When he had done praying and sprinkling the barley meal upon the victim, they drew back its head, killed it, and then it. They cut out the thigh bones, wrapped them around in two layers of fat, and set pieces of raw meat on the top of them. These they burned upon the split logs of firewood, but they spitted the inward meats and held them in the flames to cook. When the thigh bones were burned, they had tasted the inward meats. They cut the rest up small, put the pieces upon spits, most them until they were done, drew them off. Then, when they had finished their work and the feast was ready, they ate it. Every man had his full share, all whatever satisfied. As soon as they had enough to eat and drink, Nestor, king of green, began to speak. King of Memmon, he said, he Let us not stay talking here, nor be slack in the work that heaven has put into our hands. Let the heralds summon the people to gather at their several ships. We will then go about among the hosts, and we need to begin fighting at once. Thus did he speak, and Agamemnon heeded his words. He at once sent the criers round to call the people in assembly. So they called them, and the people gathered thereon. The chiefs about, the chiefs about the son of Trades chose their men and marshalled them. While Minerva went among them, holding her priceless, Aegis that knows neither age nor death. It there were weighed a hundred tassels of pure gold, all deftly woven, and each of them are worth a hundred oxen. Which thus she darted furiously everywhere among the host of the Kenyans, urging them forward and putting courage into the heart of each, so that he might fight and do battle without ceasing. Thus war became sweeter in their eyes, even then returning home in their ships. And when some great forest fire is raging upon a mountain top and its light is seen afar, even so, as they marched the gleam of their armor flashed upon into the firmament of heaven, they were like great flocks of geese or cranes or swans on a plain about the waters of Taster, that winged their way hither and thither, glorying in the pride of flight and crying as they settled till the fen is alive with their screaming. Even thus did their tribes pour from ships and tents on the plain of Scarmander, and the ground rang as the brass under the feet of men and horses. They stood as thick upon the flower bespangled field as leaves that bloom in summer. As countless swarms of flies buzz around a herdsman's homestead in the time of spring when the pails are drenched with milk, even so did the Canyons swarm on the plains to charge the Trojans and destroy them. The chiefs disposed their men in this way, and that before the fight began, drafted them out as easily as goat herds draft their flocks when they have got mixed. While feeding, and among them went King of with a head and face like Joe, the Lord of Thunder, a waist like Mars, and a chest like that of Neptune, as some great bull that lords over it the herds upon the plain, so that Jove make the son of Atreus stand peerless among the multitude of heroes. And now I'm used to dwell on in the Mount of Olympus. Tell me, for you are goddesses. Son of to stand among the Okay. And now, or Muses, dwellers in the mansions of Olympias, tell me, for you are goddesses in all in places so that you see all things while we know nothing but by report, who were all the chiefs and princes of Aenons? as for the common soldiers they were, so that I could not name every single one of them, though I have ten tongues, and through my voice fail not, and my heart were, were bronze within me. Lest you, Olympian Muses, the daughters of Aegis, bearing Job were to recount them to me nevertheless I will tell the captains of the ships and all the fleet together. Penios, Latius, Arcelius, Prothenor, and Clonius were captives of the Baotins. These were they that they dwelt in Hydra and Rocky Aulius who had held Sconius, Scolus, in the highlands of Estonius, with Thespia, Greia, the first city of Mycolesis. They also held Harma, Elysium, Earthiae, and they had Elion, Hyle, and Peteon. Ocleia and the strong fortress of Medion, Copiae, Urshrus, and Thisbe, the haunt of Doves. Cor- Coronia and the pastures of Hiletrius, Platea, and Glissus, the fortress of Thebes, the Holy Antestus, with the famous grove of Neptune, Arn Rich in Vineyards, Midia, Sacred Nisa, Antidon upon the sea. From these came there came fifty ships, and each there were a hundred and twenty young men of the Boeotians. Asclepius and Amelius, sons of Mars, led the people that dwell in Aspidion and Orchomenius, the realm of Minas. Astroche, a noble maiden, bore them in the house of Actors, son of Aesius, for she had gone with Mars secretly into the upper chamber and he had lain with her. With these came thirty ships. The Volchians were led by Scydius and Astrophus, sons of mighty Iphitus, the son of Nebulus, these were dead that held Cyparsius, Rocky, Pytho, Holy Crissa, Dalias, and Penelopeus. They also dwelt in Anamina, Anamaria, Hympolis, and about the waters of the rivers Cepheus and Lalia. But at the springs of the Cepheus, when their chieftains, came forty ships, and they marshaled the forces of the Phocians, which were stationed next to the Baltinians on their left. Ajax, the fleet son of Oleus, commanded the Loxians. He was not so great. Nor nearly so great as Ajax the son of Telamon. he was a little man, and his breastplate was made of linen. But on use of the spear, he excelled at all the Hennis and Acanians. The These dwelt in Sinius, Opius Calyrius, Bessa, Sarpe, fair Augiae, Tarpe, Tyronium, about the river Borgias. With him, there came forty ships of the Locrians who dwelt beyond Oiboea, the fierce Abantes held Albboea with the cities. Calcis, Artria, Hysteria, Rich in Vines, Syrinthus upon the sea, and the rock perched town of Diem with, those, with them were also the men of Karsus and Citra. Alfebrenor, of the race of Mars, were in command of these. He was the son of Calcadon, and chief all over the old Abantes. With him they came, fleet of foot, and wearing the hair long behind. Brave warriors who would never ever strive to tear open the courses of their foes with their long, ashen spears. Of these there came fifty ships, and they held the strong city of Athens. The people of great Herpetus, who was born of the soil itself, but Jove's daughter Minerva, fostered him and established him at Athens in her own rich sanctuary. There, year by year, the Athenians used to worship him with sacrifices of bulls and rams. These were commanded by Menethesius, son of prateus No man living could equal him in the marshalling of the chariots and foot soldiers this could alone rival him for he was older with him the king fifty ships Ajax brought twelve ships from Salamis and stationed them along those of the Athenians the men of Argos again and those that held the walls of Tyreus were Hermione and Isen upon the Gulf, Troxene, Enoion and the vine vineyard lands of Perterius, the Achenian youth, moreover who came from Angina and Macedes these were led by Diomed of the Lao battle city and Scynius, son of fame, Capinius. With them in the command was Ilius, son of King Mesitius, son of Talius. But Diomed was chief over them. All with these, there came 80 ships. Those who held the strong city of Mycenae, rich Corinth, and Clenony, Arnea Eretheria, and Lycaon were addressed this reign of old. High Hygionessa, and Palanine, Engium, and all the coastland round around Hellecy. These sent a hundred ships under the command of King Agamemnon, son of Atreus. His force was far, both finest and the most numerous. In their midst was the king himself, all glorious in his armor of gleaming bronze, foremost among the heroes, for he was the greatest king and had most men under him. And those that dwelt in Lacedaemon, lying long among the hills, fairest Sparta, with Misi, the Hunted Doves, Rysi, Agia, Amiclay, and Helos upon the sea. Last, moreover, in Ossalus that were led by Menelaus of the loud battle cry. Brother Chagamaman, and of them were sixty ships drawn apart from the others. Among them went Menelaus himself, strong in zeal, urging his men to fight, for he longed to avenge the toil and sorrow he had suffered for the sake of Helen. The men of Pylos and Arene, and Therium, which is the ford of the river Alpheus, strong Iphi, Cyparusius, and Amphigene, Pentelium hellos and Dorium were the muses' mad timeliness and stilled his ministers minstruously forever. He was returning from Ocalia, where Aruscus lived and reigned, and boasted that he would surpass even the muses, daughters of Aegis bearing Jove, if they should sing up against him, whereon they were angry and maimed him. They robbed him of his divine power song, and thence- thenceforth he could strike the lyre no more. These were commanded by Nestor, knight of Jerene. With him there came ninety ships, and those of held Arcadia under the high mountain of Silene, near a tomb of Pestius, where the people fought hand to hand, of Pheneus also, the Oracle Menius, rich in flocks, of Ripe, Strati, and Bleak, and Nispe, of Tegia and Fermatinia, of stempelius and Parhesia, of these king Agapenor, son of Acanius, was commander, and they had sixty ships. Many Achaeans, good soldiers, came in each of them, but Agamemnon found them the ships in which to cross the sea, for they were not a people that occupied their business upon the waters. The men, moreover, of Burprisium and Elis, so much of it has enclosed between Har- Harmen or Sinus upon the seashore that rock only in Elysium. These had four leaders, and each of them had ten ships with many Epians on board. Their captains were and Phimcacus and Thalpius, the, the one son of Cetus, and the other were Eurystheus, both of the race of Actor. The two others were Dirus, son of Merneses, and Polexinus, son of King Agonestides, son of Augeus, and those of Delichium, and with the sacred Achaean islands, who dwelt beyond the sea off Elis, they were led by Meges, Mars, and the son of Valiant Phileus, dear to Jove, who quarrelled with his father and went to settle in Delichium. With him there came forty ships. Ulysses led the brave Salphinians who held Ithaca, Nertium, with his force, Poclea, Ruckid, Elchius, Samos, and Nictus with the mainland also decked over against the islands. These were led by Ulysses' peer, Jove, and consul with him. There came twelve ships. Thoius, son of an Andramon, commanded Atolians, who dwelt in Plurion, Olinus, Pyle, Calchas, by the sea, and rocky calydon the great King Onius had now no sons living and was himself dead. It was also golden hair. Melegur who had been sent over to Atonius to be their king. And with Atonius there came 40 ships. The famous Spearsman of Dominus led the Cretans who housed in the wall wall city of Gortis. Like this also Meletius and Lycatus lie upon the Chalk. The pulpous towns of Pescius and Rhythium. With the other peoples that dwell in the hundred cities of Crete. Also were led by Dominius and by Meronius, pure murderous Mars. With these there came 80 ships. Telopimus, son of Hercules, a man both brave and large of stature, brought nine ships of lowly warriors from Rhodes. These were in rows in which divide among the three cities of Lindus, Ilias, and Camarius. There lies upon the chalk. These were cannon by Thepomeneus, son of Hercules, by Astokia. Who he had carried off from Epirus on the river cellus after sacking many cities of valiant warriors, but till grew up, he killed his father's uncle Icinius, who had been a famous warrior in his time, but was then grown old. On this he built himself a fleet, gathered by a great following, and fled beyond the sea, for he was menaced by the other sons and grandsons of Hercules. After a voyage during which he suffered great hardship, he came to Rhodes, whereas the people divided into three communities. That according to their tribes were dearly loved by Job, the Lord of gods and men, whereas the son of Saturn showered down great riches upon him. And Narius brought three ships on Simeon, Nereus, who had the hands who was the handsomest man that came upon the Ilias of all Danans, had the son of Peleus, but he was a man of no substance, and had but a small folly. And those that held Nirsius, Carpathus, and Cassius with Cols the city of Eurogus, and Caledonian islands, they were commanded by and Antipathus, two sons of King Thalilius, the son of Hercules, with them there came thirty ships. Those again who held Pelasgate, Argos, Elos, Alope, and Trachis, and those of Pythia and Hellas, land of fair women, were called my Medians, Hellenes, Achaeans. those that had fifty ships over which Achilles was in command, but they now took no part in the war, inasmuch so as there was no one to marshal them, for Achilles stayed by the ships. Prayers about the loss of the girl. Whom he had taken from Lyrinus at his own great peril, who had sacked Irinesus and Thebes and had overthrown Mines and Pistrophus, sons of king and never son of Cepheus. For her sake, Achilles was still grieving, ere long he had was again to join him. Those that held Phyllis and the flowery meadows of Pirisus, sanctuary of Ceres, Eton, the mother of sheep, Antium, upon the sea and Pelelium that lies upon the grasslands. Of these brave, Protested Illus had been captain while he was yet alive, but he was now lying under the earth. He had left a wife behind him and said to tear her cheeks in sorrow, and his house was only half finished. For he was slain by a Dardanian warrior while leaping foremost of the kings upon the soil of Troy. Still, though his people mourned their chieftain, they were not without a leader for Poldarsis of the race of Mars' Washington. He was the son of Ephiclus, rich in sheep, who was the son of Pyg and he was his own brother, so Prostelcius, while younger. Prostelcius, being at once the elder and the more valiant, of the people who were not without a leader, though they mourn him, whom they had lost, with him they came forty ships, and those that held ferried by the Bobian lake with Bobi, Glafre, and the populous city of Iclois. These were the eleven ships were led by Emileus, son of Admestus. Who Alcestis bore to him the loveliest of daughters of Peleus. And those that held Methon and Thalmacia, while Meliboea and Rugaolizon, that were led by the skillful archer Philsatetes, they had seven ships, each with fifty oarsmen of all good archers. Philsatetes was lying in great pain in the island of Lemnos, where the sons of the Canis left him, for he had been bitten by a poisonous water snake. There he lay sick and sorry, and full soon did Argus came to miss him. The missile, but as people threw down, they found his lost royal leaders from Menon, the bastard son of Aurelius By set them in array. The Those again, not try Trica in the story region of Aetome, and they held Orcalia in the city of Localian the Eurystheus. These were commanded by the two sons of Ascopius, skilled in the art of healing. For Illyrius and Machion, for which they came three ships. I don't want to break. Men moreover over Argomenus and by the fountain of Hyperia, with those that held Eurysius, in the right crest of Titanius. These were led by Eurystheus, the son of Amon. With them came forty ships. Those that held Argeus and Gynon, Orthe, and Loni, in the white city of of those brave Hypotes was leader. He was the son of Prithius, who was the son of Jove himself, for Hippodamia, born to him by Phythias on the day in which he took his revenge. On the shaggy mountain savages and drove them from Mount Pelion to Ractices. While the Rock Potius was not so in command, for which him was Lanotaeus of the race of Mars, who was the son of Cronus, son of Canius. and With these came May, 40 ships. Gunnius bought two and twenty ships from Typhus, and he was followed by Aeneas and the valiant Perebe, who dwelt about wintry Dodona and held the lands around the lovely river. Tiresias, which sends its waters into Peneus, did not mingle with the silver eddies of the Peneus. Peneus will flow on the top of them like oil, for Tiresias is a brand of dread orcus and of the river Styx. Of the Magnesis, a son of Tetrodon, was commander. There they were that day, they dwell about the river Peneus and Mount Pelion Prothus, fleet of foot, was their leader, and with him came forty ships. Such were the chiefs and princes of the Danans, who then, O Muse, was foremost, whether man or horse, among those that followed after the Saz or Of the horses, though, of some fairs were far the far finest, they were driven by Amelius, were fleetest birds. They were of the same age and color, perfectly matched in height. Apollo, the silver bow had bred them Imperia, both of them Mars, bears, and turbo as Mars in battle, of the man Ajax, son of Telamon. But much the foremost, so long as Achilles' anger lasted, for Achilles excelled him greatly, and he had also better horses. But Achilles was now holding aloof at his ships by the reason of his quarrel with Agamemnon, and his people passed their time upon the seashore, throwing discs or aiming with spears at a mark in an archery. The horses stood each each by his own chariot, champing, lotus, and wild celery. The chariots were housed under cover, but their orders were lack of leadership while they hither in the to fear about the host who went not forth to fight thus marched the host like a consuming fire the earth groaned beneath them when the lord of thunders angry and lashes the land about talk among the army army for which they say Typhos lies even so did the earth groan beneath them as they sped over the plain now Iris fleet as the wind was sent by Jove to tell the Banyus among the Trojans they were gathering assembly old and young at Priam's gates Iris came close up to Priam, speaking with the voice of Priam's son, Polites, who, being fleet of foot, was stationed as a watchman of Trojans in the tomb of all Esses to look out for the Selya In his likeness, Iris spoke, saying, O oh man, you talk idly in a time of peace while war is at hand. I've been in a many battle, but never yet saw such a host as is now advancing. They are crossing the plain to attack the city as thick as thieves, or as the sands of the sea Hector I charge you all above others do as I say there are many allies dispersed about the city of Priam for distant places and speaking divers tongues therefore let each chief give orders to his own people saying them severally in array and leading them forth to battle thus she spoke but Hector knew it was the goddess and at once woke up broke up the assembly then the man flew to arms all the gates were open and the people thronged through them horse and foot the tramp of a great multitude. Now there is a high mound before the city, rising by itself upon the plain. man call it Batia, but the gods know it is tomb of Luthi Marne. Here the Trojans and their allies divide their forces. Priam's son, great Hector, the gleaming helmet, commanded the Trojans. With him were array by far greater number and most valiant of those who were longing for fray. Dardanians were led by brave Aeneas, whom Venus bore to Anchises, when she, goddess that she was, had lain with him upon the mountain slopes of Eda. He was not alone, for with him were the two sons of Antinor, Archilochus and Archemus, both skilled in the arts of war. Then they that dwelt in Telia under the lowest spurs of Mount Eda, men of substance who drink the lipid waters of our Espeus and our Trojan blood, were led by Pandreus, son of Lycanon, whom Apollo had taught to use the bow. They that held Adrystia, the land of Ephesus, with Pytia and the high mountains of Tyria, they were led by Drestus and Ampheus, whose breastplate was of linen. They were the sons of Myrops, of Percote, who were excellent in all kinds of divination. He told them not to take part in war, but gave them no heed, for fate lured them to destruction. Then they dwelt about Percote and was Cestos, Abios, Arsby. They were led by Aesius, son of Heratacus, a brave commander. Aesius, the son of Heratacus, whom he had powerful, dark-faced steeds of the breed that comes from the river. Celius had... Brought from both thus led the tribes of Pallasian spearsmen, the and fertile Orissa, and Pyleus of the race of Mars, two sons of the Pallasian Lethus, son of Titus. Alchemus and the warrior perius commanded the Thyrenians, and there they came from beyond the mighty stream of Hellespont. Epha, the son of Tracenus, the son of Zeus, was the captain of Cyconian spearsmen. Phaimesis led the Phaenonian archers from the distance of on by the of the river Exeos, the fairs that flew upon the earth. Phaimesis, the Pelonians were commanded by stout hearted Pymenes from Enti, who were the mules run wild in herds. They were they that held Cytoros in the country around Simeus, with the cities by the river Parthius, Chroma, Agilius, and Lafayethene. Odius and Eurystheus were captains over the Halzoni from distant Albi, where there are mines of silver. Chromus and Onius, the augur led the Mycians, but his skill in augury availed not to save him from destruction, for he fell by the hand of the fleet descendant of Acacius in the river where he slew others of, also of the Trojans. Horus again and noble Acacius led the Phaegians from the fair country of Asenia, both were eager for fray. Mestis and Ephesus commanded the Myonian son of Tomenius, bore to him of the Aegean lake that led the Myonians who dwelt under Mount Timonus. Nastis led the Cardians, the men of the strange beach that held Mytilus in the wooded mountain of Pythorias, with the water of the river, Leander, and the lofty crests of Mount Myclaid. These were coming by Nastis and then Thicacus, the brave sons of Nomian, came into the fight with the goat about him, Like a girl, fool that he was, his gold was of no avail to save him, for he found the river by the hand of the fleet-descended Cassius, and Achilles bore away his goat. Sarpedon and Glendicus led the Glycians on a distant land and by the ending waters understand thus thus conclude book two of the Iliad so it's almost like commentary on that one of that chapter Macy pretty much giving you like the speeches and then probably just giving you a breakdown what's like the, the description of the forces of all, all these different names so I do apologize if I pronounced them wrong I'm trying the best I can because like I said these are names that were translated so hope you enjoy that little part of Book to the Iliad. We'll come back next week with Book 3. So, so that's all I got for you guys. Thank you so much for joining me this week. As always, geek on and take care and take away Saki-chan we' are closing.
0: Thank you, Fanchise. Alright, that wraps up the show. You can check out the backlog of episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast outlets. Make sure to check out our store at talkpopculture.threadless.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash talkpop8520. You can find us on Twitter at talkcult85. That's all we got. See you next week. Bye-bye.